This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. It's that time of year again. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. And DraftKings is giving all customers a free shot up to $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings app and make your picks. Download the DraftKings app, head to their free-to-play pool page, and enter DraftKings' free $100,000 tournament seeding pool. Free-to-play pools are easy to play. All you have to do is make your picks for who you think will get a ticket into March's biggest tournament. If you have the most answers correct, you win. The bank is open. Plus, don't forget about golf's fifth major this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at $100,000 in total prizes with a DraftKings tournament seating pool. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Friday, March 12th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down this Friday NHL card. We'll also look back on Thursday uh, to begin the show. Of course, it was a big slate of hockey last night. Buffalo Sabres do what they do best. They lose again uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Made all of us happy. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, once again, almost thwarted by Connor Hellebuck, but this time they persevere and get the overtime victory uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so a nice win for the Leafs, a deserving win. They were the better team last night. Uh, what else do we have? We had the Chicago Blackhawks. Alex's uh, Blackhawks bouncing back with a nice win against the Dallas Stars and a very important game for them. Uh, needing to stop the bleeding. Uh, they did that with a nice, decisive, commanding win over the Dallas Stars last night. And the Daryl Sutter-led Calgary Flames get the win and Sutter's debut behind the bench. 2-1 to one victory over the Montreal Canadiens, which was good to see. We all had Calgary in some form on the card. Uh, a best bet for me. So the Flames 1-0 in the Daryl Sutter era uh, with the win against the Montreal Canadiens. And before we uh, uh, send, pass it over to Alex and uh, let him talk about the uh, – the games that we saw last night uh, we don't get to usually praise ourselves a lot because there's ups and downs and sometimes there's going to be nights where Alex has a good night and I don't Alex has a good night and Jimmy doesn't Jimmy has a good night and Alex doesn't or I don't uh, so you're not usually all or not often not always going to get all three of us here on this ice guys crew rolling on the same night but boy we had that last night a collective 16 and 4 for the ice guys crew 80 percent uh, with our Thursday NHL plays that we mentioned on the show, that uh, same plays that also get posted 
on our Patreon page daily uh, at patreon.com slash iceguys. So it was a phenomenal Thursday. Uh, obviously, we saw the board very well uh, and lots of profits on the uh, Thursday uh, NHL card. So uh, job well done. Pat on the back here for the Ice Guys crew, uh, myself, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, uh, and Jimmy Murphy. It was a very profitable Thursday night. Uh, Alex, what are your, some of your takeaways, some of your thoughts on what we saw last night? Yeah, well, the craziest one was uh, game last night was definitely that Florida Columbus. And I was, you know, looking at the scores. I'm thinking, okay, this Florida, you know, team, they're pretty much toast. Uh, Columbus is going to coast this one. All of a sudden, it's 4 2, and it's 4 3. Uh, then a big power play goal to tie it up at four. And then an uh, incredible goal by uh, Vetrano to win it in overtime. So that's one of my luckier wins of the year for sure. Uh, and even with, with Pittsburgh, I had Pittsburgh on the, on the puck line. That was my best bet last night. And that didn't seem like it was going to cash in. It seemed like maybe if Pittsburgh would have come back and win. It would be a one-goal game, but they were able to get two late in the third, like uh, three late rather than the third. It's, this is just a Buffalo team now. Like I said, they're in auto-fade mode. Uh, this, you know, you have to find some kind of way to bet against them, be it the side, team total, puck line. But there's definitely going to be, uh, I think, you know, some chances to make money going against Buffalo moving forward because this team just seems to be headed nowhere fast. And there's a whole bunch of trade rumors now. So who knows what this team will look like maybe in the next two or three weeks. It might be a bunch of guys from the Rochester team coming up and playing. And maybe that sparks something later. But as of right now, uh, they're definitely, I have them ranked as the worst team. And I updated my goalie rankings and power rankings uh, on the Patreon page. Buffalo is now the 31st team uh, in the league. They're worse than, than Ottawa uh, and Detroit. So, that's something to, to note, note as well. And uh, he said, you know, we saw a lot of high scoring affairs. Uh, you know, most of the games end up going over the total last night. So uh, we only have five games here, but I think we're going to see some higher scoring matchups uh, as well this evening. Yeah. As someone that doesn't particularly like unders a whole lot, usually that's a good thing for me on a night where there's a lot of overs and a lot of uh, higher scoring games. And definitely we saw the goals come in uh, for the most part last night uh, in NHL action. All right. Let's turn our attention to Friday. Uh, and tonight's NHL slate, we have uh, five games on tap. We'll start with the Arizona Coyotes and the Minnesota Wild. We've got Minnesota minus 185 home favorites. The total five and a half shaded to the under minus 130 in this game. The Minnesota Wild coming off two big time wins for them uh, in their last two games against the Vegas Golden Knights, sweeping uh, the two games at home against the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, just impressive uh, brand of hockey being played by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, ends up scoring uh, once again the other night. He has been terrific and actually a power play goal for him the other night. And before that, uh, Minnesota, there hasn't been a lot of negatives about this team, but their power play effectiveness was one of the negatives. Over 20 they were going into that uh, Wednesday night power play goal scored by uh, Kaprizov in the victory against the Golden Knights. Uh, obviously, this team is playing some excellent hockey. I mean, I wouldn't have expected 15-9 uh, on the season so far for the uh, Minnesota Wild. However, I have some reservations and some hangups about them laying minus 185 here in this game tonight for a couple of reasons. It was two big victories. You're playing an Arizona team that, even though it's ugly, even though they can get outshot like they did uh, against Colorado badly, they got outshot the other night. All they do is hang around games, uh, in games. And right now, Antti Ranta is just in a zone right now for the Arizona Coyotes. And he was really the main reason the Coyotes beat Colorado uh, in the first of the two games against the Avalanche. And he's the only reason they had a chance to win the second game and force overtime, took overtime for Colorado to win that game. But really, they should have won it more handily than that. Dominated in shots, territorial edge, uh, high danger chances, the expected goals margin. 
in that game between the Avalanche and Coyotes. It was all in favor of Colorado, but Antti Ranta did a phenomenal job uh, in that one. A little bit surprised, maybe because he maybe the, 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 want to give him a rest day, give him a little bit of a break. He has played a lot of hockey since he's really become essentially taken over the number one job, that being Kapo Kakinen here for the uh, Minnesota Wild. But Dean Evison giving him a rest. Cam Talbot in that. Cam Talbot's got a win-loss record sub-500 when he's been a starter this year, four and five. And his numbers just haven't been quite as good as Kakinen. That's why Kakinen's had this, had gotten all the starts uh, of late for this Minnesota Wild team. You factor that in, which concerns me. You factor that in. They're coming off two enormous wins against Vegas. This could be a game where Arizona hangs around a little bit. The draw kind of interests me as well. I think it's a tight game. I think it's a a very competitive game. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take a small little chance here with the Arizona Coyotes at this big price here. You can get them at about plus 165 in this game. From a spot perspective, I don't like it all that much for Minnesota. It's not easy to go against this team. And certainly I was on them a couple of times during this run. But now you're talking about them laying minus 185 in what I think is a little bit of a dubious spot. Uh, I'll take a little small bet here on Arizona. Nothing significant, but I do like Arizona enough to take him on a small uh, wager in this game uh, against the Wild. Alex, your thoughts here, Coyotes and Wild. Yeah, I got to go with the old not so fast, my friend. I, I like this Minnesota team right now, and you know they were able to the bounce back after having a couple of rough efforts and you know come home and and get those two big wins against Vegas. I think that really got them right back uh, in, into the realm of things. They've won five straight now at home. Uh, they played well against the Arizona team. You, you know, the last meeting obviously uh, was, you know, a flat spot for the Wild being on the road that long. And Arizona took advantage. But uh, the Wild had won the last four meetings against them. Uh, they've also won six of the last nine meetings here in St. Paul against uh, Arizona overall. So, you know, this is an Arizona team. Yeah, that, you know, Ronta's doing well. But their offense can be up and down at times where I just feel a lot more comfortable backing uh, the Wild at home with the way this offense is playing. If they can figure out their power play, this team is is absolutely lethal. Uh, but they've got the goaltending. they got the defense. They play solid both ways. Uh, now, 185 is an awfully steep number, so I'm going to be playing this in regulation. I got it at minus $1.15. You can find it around $1.15, $1.20 price. That's a much better uh, price to be playing for, but I think they'll be able to win this game in regulation uh, and should be able to take care of, of, of this Arizona team. That they're, You know, they're a pesky bunch, but I think the Wild just have a little bit more, especially playing at home, to win this one. Well, there's no doubt in current form-wise, uh, Minnesota has that and certainly capable uh, of taking care of business against Arizona. That Let's be honest, they didn't generate a whole lot offensively against uh, Colorado the other night. But, uh, you know, Rick Tockett, even in the loss against the uh, uh Colorado Avalanche the other night said very uh, vehemently that, hey, we can't just, you know, be – that putrid offensively in terms of how much we have the puck and expect to win games. So I expect them to be a lot better here tonight with this. Will it be enough to win is the big question. We know offensively it's been uh, very, very spotty from the uh, Coyotes. Uh, there's not much to dislike with Minnesota, but I do dislike this spot enough. And, hey, sometimes the big dogs will do come in. Look no further last night than the Detroit Red Wings. What were they, plus 300? Uh, and they shocked the Tampa Bay Lightning last night by yep. two. So once in a while I like to take a chance on a – a, a spot that I worry about for a big favorite. And I worry about this one a little bit, at least uh, for Minnesota. Next up, we've got the Vegas Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues. We've got uh, St. Louis minus 120, uh, slight home favorites here, five and a half the total in this one. This is a tricky one because Vegas is really banged up. They've got, obviously, they've missed uh, Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo uh, in the uh, last two games uh, against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, there's no guarantee they get either of those guys back. 
uh, tonight. I'm pretty sure Petrangelo for sure not going to play. He flew back to Las Vegas uh, prior to the last game. The Blues, you know, certainly are a little bit – they're banged up too, don't get me wrong, but uh, Vegas definitely not – hasn't been quite that same team the last couple uh, with the injuries mounting. We know that obviously now Marc-Andre Fleury uh, placed on the COVID-19 protocol list uh, on Thursday, meaning he's out. Robin Leonard is still on IR. I I thought they were going to turn to the safety dance, uh, Oscar Dansk, but I don't even see him on the goalie depth chart right now. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, so I'm looking at Logan Thompson and Dylan Ferguson here, apparently with the two goalies that are on this depth chart for the loss for the Vegas Golden Knights. And Logan Thompson is probably the guy that's going to start. He did come into the game in relief of Marc-Andre Fleury on Wednesday night uh, in the third period against Minnesota. Great numbers in the AHL level. But again, we're talking about now got to show it at the NHL level and show it against the St. Louis team where offensively, remember they were in the doldrums for a little bit including two losses at home to the LA Kings where they just couldn't find the back of the net. They go on that road trip and all of a sudden they're lighting up the scoreboard. This blues team was the Zach Sanford's of the world. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's been uh, very good offensively lately. Braden Shen has stepped things up. They're getting a lot of different guys uh, all of a sudden contributing offensively here for the uh, blues. Uh, Even uh, Sunquist juices, uh, Oscar Sunquist. Uh, has been able to uh, find the back of the net for the Blues. They're getting their depth forward scoring. Some of their bigger guys are scoring as well. So I think the Blues are definitely a little bit more in terms of current form trustworthy. But I don't know if I'm rushing, even with the new, the, the kid in net, Logan Thompson for Vegas, to fade Vegas based on the spot. Two straight losses, not going to sit well with them. And now they're a slight underdog. Uh, and I still think when you match these two teams up head to head, I like to think Vegas is still the superior team. So that's why from a side perspective, I'm going back and forth on this game. But one thing I'm not going back and forth with uh, is the total here. It's five and a half. The Blues have been tr- uh, trending over the total lately. No question as their offense has picked it up. Vegas, the last game went over the total. And I'll take my chance, five and a half, surging Blues offense Goalie, we don't know if he's going to be able to hang in there and play well tonight in his, uh, Logan Thompson for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And on the flip side, I think Vegas can find the back of the net. Jordan Bennington's in net, and he's still been very much up and down. Hasn't been a brick wall at any stretch behind uh, in the in between the pipes for the Blues. And the Blues have not exactly shut the door defensively. Even during the uh, recent streak where they've played better and won, they've still given up in most games two, three goals. So I can see Vegas fine in the back of the net, and I believe the Blues will as well. So I like this game over five and a half here, minus 120 between Vegas and St. Louis. Alex, what are your thoughts? Blues, Golden Knights. Yeah, I like this over as well. I grabbed it. Uh, I got it you know, over five and a half minus a dollar fifteen, but I still like it at a dollar twenty, even dollar twenty-five uh, in the spot. And like I said, it's, it's all about the goaltending. You know, you look at the the Vegas, uh, you know, issue right now. Obviously, with no flurry. And then having to turn to Thompson and Dylan Ferguson as their two backups. Oscar Dance, as far as I know, he's in Henderson, and he's uh, splitting time with Robin Lehner, who's on his conditioning assignment uh, in Henderson. But looking at Logan Thompson's numbers, not just in the AHL, but even the year before his full season in the ECHL with, with South Carolina, he had tremendous numbers there too. So if you combine the two, he's 29-7-1 and one, uh, in, in those last you know season and a half. However, the difference is this year in the AHL is a lot of the teams, especially in that uh, Western division, Western quadrant, they're playing games not just in, in their big regular arenas. A lot of those teams are playing in, in smaller rinks uh, in other areas, not their usual settings. Uh, a lot of practice facility kind of uh, set up. So 
the the dynamic is is even greater when you go from AHL to NHL this particular season because you know obviously there's no fans for the majority of of, of either teams unless you're playing with Dallas or some other teams that have uh, a crowd. But just your sight lines of going from playing in a practice facility for games to going to a faster NHL, you know, in a full arena, that that could be a a, a bit of an adjustment, I think, more so than the usual call up from the AHL to the NHL. So that's a, to look at when you see there's a few teams that have some goalie issues that have to bring some guys up, uh, especially with some of the younger guys making their debuts. That's something to to you know make a kind of look out for. But with these two teams, it's been all offense, especially against one another. Seven and two the last nine uh, to the over. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. And I saw some people in the chat talk about the draw. I wouldn't talk anybody out of that either. Three of the last four meetings have gone to overtime between these two teams. So we could see one of those crazy games like when St. Louis played, uh, you know, San Jose, and it's, you know, 6-6, six to six, possibly going to overtime. So I don't know if it's going to be that high-scoring, but I think it will be enough to get over that 5.5. So I like the over. I'm not going to touch anything with the side. All right, both of us, Alex and I, on over 5.5 here with Vegas and St. Louis. Yeah, Bennington just 1-4 and four in his last – uh, five starts. So uh, he has uh, struggled a little bit uh, in uh, for one, four, one, four and one, I should say uh, in his last six starts uh, for uh, or one, three and one in his last five starts. There we go for uh, Jordan Bennington uh, for the St. Louis blues. Uh, so he, I think he's a little bit shaky. I mean, they also got Vladimir Tarasenko, of course, back uh, just recently, the blues. I know they've still got Schwartz and Bozak and Barbashev and Robert Thomas out. But the big reason why St. Louis has been an over team and trended that way lately, Alex, is because of the play of their blue line and the shorthanded blue line that they're dealing with right now. Colton Pareko's injury matters. And Carl Gunderson, who's out for the season, that's really where you can trace back the start of this little surge in scoring in St. Louis games was the Carl Gunderson season-ending injury you know, a couple of weeks ago. And ever since then, they've trended to the over. Odds makers not paying attention. Uh, they usually set the same base numbers, money line prices, totals with certain teams. We've seen pretty much every St. Louis game, five and a half or most of them uh, during this run. So it's been a great value bet, St. Louis over the total. And obviously Alex and I agree that it is one more time tonight uh, in this game. All right, next game on the uh, Friday slate, we've got Ottawa, Edmonton. Oilers minus 240 favorites, six and a half the total in this game. There's just really no way I could trust Ottawa to beat Edmonton at this rate. They have just had a really hard time matching up uh, against the uh, Oilers. The Oilers have dominated this team uh, all season long. Uh, last game was just ugly for the Ottawa Senators. Seven to one loss at the hands of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they just can't wait, I think, to get back and get these uh, series of games done with Edmonton. Uh, it's just been all Edmonton all the time. Uh, we'll see if Ottawa tries to tighten it up. Uh, DJ Smith saying, blaming him, putting the blame on him. What do you, And that's what I think the coach should do when you got a young group. Sometimes you just eat the blame. You know, you can't just rip the players night in and night out when you've got a yeah. rebuilding franchise and you've got a young team. At Sometimes you just got to say, it's on me. I didn't get them ready. And that's kind of what he did the other night in the 7-1 to one loss uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. I will say this, the couple of times they've been really humiliated Ottawa this year, the next game they've been a lot better. So I don't know if I'm comfortable with the puck line or regulation line or anything with Edmonton. Uh, I certainly don't have as much any faith in Ottawa to bet them, but that's what would keep me off the Edmonton side. I think this game, and Alex, you had a good thought with the under. You mentioned kind of like in the under the last game. It was a good thought, even though, of course, Edmonton gets over by themselves. I think this could be the night where you come back with the under because I think Ottawa knows they've got to tighten this up tonight. You cannot, by in, under any circumstances, play a, a game of up and down, let's trade chances 
type of hockey with the Edmonton Oilers. They kind of, well, they gave up the two quick goals early and then they had to open up. The key is don't give up that early goal. And I think if Ottawa doesn't give up that early goal tonight, it'll have a better chance to stay under. So I haven't bet anything in this game. I'm not going to bet have anything on this game, but I do lean a little bit under six and a half. Uh, Alex, how about you here? Ottawa, Edmonton. Yeah, that's the only way I'd be looking at maybe uh maybe a first period puck line with Edmonton because they've like I said they've jumped out to some big leads against Ottawa uh in these last six games uh or at least these four of the last six games where they have you know left without a with a lead it's been four nothing uh they've done the game five three three nothing two one so you know that's the thing they they've dominated Ottawa from start to finish. And that's the only thing that's worth value looking at with Edmonton. Everything else, you're laying a big price. Obviously, the, the regular money line, but uh, you're laying a big price with the uh, regulation. You're laying a buck fifty for over three and a half of the team total. Uh, you're laying a dollar five or a dollar ten for the regular puck line. So, uh, I like the first period puck line. So that that'll be the one thing I'll play here. But uh, like I said, you know, until Ottawa figures something out, and, and like I said. You know, even the total shaky because, you know, okay, if Ottawa doesn't score anything, but then if Edmonton rallies off seven goals like they did the last game, uh, then that, that six and a half is trouble too. So uh, I'll just go with Edmonton, first period puck line, laying a half a goal, and you can get plus $1.15. All right, plus one fifteen on Edmonton puck line, minus a half goal. So basically they lead after the first period. Your bet cashes uh, on that one. We've got L.A. and Colorado. Uh, the, on the uh, Friday night slate here, Colorado minus 230, uh, home favorites, five and a half shaded to the over at minus 115. Uh, we've got to put an APB out on the Colorado offense. How do you generate all the offense and, ch- and chances and, and opportunities and just come up with such little, you know, in terms of offensive production? And that's been an issue lately for the Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, you know, it's it's becoming a little bit of a concern that, you know, they haven't been getting uh, a ton of production up and down their lineup their power play has been kind of shaky and hasn't been clicking uh, in recent games and if you're going to be laying this kind of price tag I need to count on you to be able to score I mean even in what I thought was a home run spot bounce back spot against Arizona there I am losing Colorado in regulation because you know they just couldn't bury their chances you know it's nice to have the shots it's nice to have the opportunities but at some point you need the puck to go in the net and lately that hasn't been happening consistently enough for the Colorado Avalanche. And that's why it's dangerous, especially against an L.A. team that's got, you know, characteristics of that Arizona team that the Colorado Avalanche just played written all over it. The Arizona team that, by the way, they lost to in the first game and needed overtime to beat in the second game. You know, L.A. is that team that they they can dig in defensively. They're not a gifted offensive team, but I'll, I'll admit they've been better offensively this season than I thought. Dustin Brown's turned back the clock. Kopitar's been great. Adrian Kempe's been outstanding. Alex Iafalo as well has been really good for the LA Kings. Gabe Velarde, the rookie, has made an impact offensively for LA. It's been a much better offensive team than I thought. And to me, I'm, I can't. I, Colorado is one of those teams where even in a game like this where you think they can win the game, I could see this being 1-1 with four minutes to go in the third period, just like it was the other night uh, against Arizona. Uh, it's just a team that's having trouble turning all of these chances, all of this offensive zone time into actual offensive production right now. Uh, so that's why it's a little bit of a tricky team to want to bet and handicap right now, uh, this Colorado Avalanche team. It's going to be Grubauer and net for them tonight. Uh, keep an eye on the L.A. goaltending situation because we've got a lot of moving parts. Uh, Cal Peterson, 
He may be available tonight. We don't know if he's going to be able to play. It was obviously Troy Grosinick, the journeyman goalie that was recalled from the AHL to play the other night. And uh, people were asking me, was I worried about my LA bet against Anaheim the other night? I said, no, watch them play hard for him. Watch them play a really good team game in front of him. And that's exactly what the LA Kings did uh, in that very impressive victory against the Anaheim Ducks, giving Troy Grosinick uh, an NHL victory uh, in between the pipes the other night. So, it could be Grossnick again if Cal Peterson is unable to go. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, but to me, this is a pass for me until I know that. You know, if Grossnick's in net again, I could actually see myself taking a chance here with LA in some form, either LA money line, LA and regulate, or LA money line, maybe a draw option as well. LA Colorado draw might be worth a look, regardless of who's in net, because they're struggling to beat teams by margin right now. And they're in a lot of close games lately, the Avalanche. So the draw might be in play here at a good plus price. What do you think, Alex, with the Kings and Avalanche? Yeah, I'm just reading a, a tweet from the Kings uh, PR uh, account on Twitter. Cal Peterson has cleared protocol, and he joined the Kings in Colorado. He's expected to participate in today's morning skate, and he is available for tonight's game. So I would, I would more than likely guess that he would be the starter yeah. uh, over Grossman. Yes. Yeah, and that was a, a great win for Grossman. That was his first win, only his second career NHL win, but his first win in seven seasons. Uh, this guy had pretty much been buried in the AHL between the San Jose organization and traded and played in the Nashville organization with Milwaukee Admirals uh, and, you know, put up some mid-range numbers in the AHL. Didn't look like he would ever get a chance to be in the NHL again, but obviously, you know, circumstances and carrying an extra goalie. So kudos to him for getting that big win. But now with Peterson back in, I, I lean with L.A. Uh, to ever so slightly here in this spot. They were able to play Colorado pretty tough at the beginning of the year uh, when Colorado was a much better team than they are right now. And you look at this current form uh, angle, even though L.A. has been struggling as well. But I think this could be one of those spots where, like I said, they kind of hang around and play pretty tight. So uh, we're talking about out of the draw here, too. But I think L.A. might be able to find a way to, to win. So it's not official, but it's just a stronger lean. All right, just to lean to L.A. I would lean under the total as well. But, again, no bet as of right now, and I may not before a puck drop. Uh, final game on this uh, Friday slate, uh, Battle of the California. This used to be San Jose and Anaheim, two of the better teams in the NHL. Not so much this year. Uh, San Jose minus 115, slight road favorites here. Uh, the total five and a half uh, shaded to the over uh, in this game uh, between these two teams. Uh, it looks like Devin Dubnik's confirmed for the the San Jose Sharks uh, in net tonight. Uh, so he's going to get another start. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, at least defensively for the uh, San Jose Sharks, but we'll give San Jose credit. I mean, they ended a three-game losing streak uh, in their last game, a three to two overtime victory against St. Louis. Good win against a solid Blues team. Blues team at the end of a road trip. So you, you, those are always those spots where sometimes the, the road team doesn't bring their best game. But nevertheless, I won't you know criticize that win too much. It was a solid win for sure for uh the uh, San Jose Sharks. On the flip side, Anaheim lost 5-1 to L.A. Talked about that just now. Troy Grosnick getting his uh, first win as an L.A. King starting netminder. Uh, Devin Dubnik, it looks like he's going to get, like I said, consecutive starts for the San Jose Sharks here. Uh, Anaheim, uh, here's another team, sneaky over team. Not all the time, but more often than not, since they recalled Zegras, since they made some uh, Dallas Aikens really juggled his top six forward group. Uh, and really since then, this team has shown a little bit more offensive upside and they've also not really played as well defensively. You're seeing them give up goals and score a few more goals, Anaheim, compared to very early in the season when they were a dead nuts under team. 
John Gibson was standing on his head. Defensively, they were keeping teams held down largely because of Gibson, and they weren't scoring. They couldn't put the puck in the ocean early in the season. Now they are picking it up offensively, but their defensive game is regressing. And lo and behold, John Gibson, I don't know what it is, but he hasn't been all that sharp and all uh, all that great lately. You're seeing him start to stumble a little bit. I think it's because he's faced a shit ton of shots you know, on a regular basis. And he's wearing down a lot of games under his belt. You know, Anaheim to me is a team that doesn't score a lot for him. So he's not only facing shots, he's facing high danger, high stress shots because he's always in a close game or he's always feels like he's got to make the save to give himself and this suspect offense at times a chance to win games. And it looks like right now, John Gibson's just in one of those valleys. He's a great goalie. He was amazing for like the first few weeks. But now there's a few, maybe he's wearing down a bit, maybe needs a rest. I don't know if he's going to get that rest tonight. It sure looks like he's on track to start once again for Anaheim. But factor in all of this together, San Jose, I don't trust them defensively. Anaheim's improved a little bit offensively, but regressed a little bit defensively. And just like I feel with the Vegas-St. Louis game with that total of five and a half, I feel this one you know, is definitely a good over bet for me. So uh, San Jose-Anaheim for me in this one, over five and a half. Uh, that is my uh, going to be my wager on this game between the Sharks and the Ducks. Nothing on the side. I mean, San Jose, maybe I, I trust them slightly more because they had a nice win the last game. But again, asking them to win two in a row, I'm not going to do that. And Anaheim, I don't think I've bet Anaheim once this year. I don't feel like starting now. So nothing on the side, but I do like the game to go over the total. Alex, what's your take here with Anaheim-San Jose? I'm on this uh, regulation draw. I got it at plus 320, which is a really good price when you look at the angles here. Uh, in three meetings between these two teams, two of them gone in overtime. The other one was a 3-2 game that easily could have gone in the OT as well. Uh, and, and, you know, Terry mentioned it in the chat, you know, two of the last five games for the Sharks have gone to overtime. Three of the last five for the Ducks have gone to overtime. So when you have all those angles, and I talked about it yesterday, how usually I like to play you know, a quarter unit, half unit for uh, a regulation play on, on a, a card. But when it's a short card like this and you have angles backing that trend, I'll go a full, full unit here to the regulation draw at a great price of plus 320. All right, there we go. Plus 320 uh, draw with uh, San Jose uh, and Anaheim. And like I said, I think the L.A. Colorado game, that might be worth a draw. Look how Vegas St. Louis. There's a This could be a lot of close one-goal games, maybe some overtime tonight, because I think uh, Alex and I both think that three of the five games tonight uh, could have a chance to uh, go to beyond regulation. The St. Louis game, the Colorado game, and as uh, Alex just mentioned, this game between San Jose uh, and Anaheim. Yeah, 22 starts for Gibson. That's a lot. You know, he's yeah. ready for a rest. I think he's starting to feel it. Little fatigue starting to set into his game right now. He's had a lot of pressure with a team that, especially early in the year, struggled to score goals. That's a lot of duress. And stress adds up to fatigue. It's not just physical fatigue. It's mental fatigue. It's emotional fatigue. Right. Like, geez, I'm going to make every save because this team couldn't score a, a lick for me early in the season. That builds up over time as well. Yeah, that can – I mean – We've seen a lot of great goalies break under that pressure. Look at Carey Price a couple of years ago uh, was in that kind of that same spot. There's, there's been quite a few goalies where, you know, they feel like if they know they have to make 35, 40 saves every single night, they go between the pipes uh, because they can't rely on the offense in front of them or the, or the blue line, you know, blue liners in front of them to, to block pucks and, and clear the zone out uh, consistently. Then, yeah, that wears on, on you, on you, like I said, mentally and physically. And I think that's exactly where, uh, Gibson is right now. So, you know, at some point they're going to have to give him a rest 
And the thing is, they can't really trust Ryan Miller uh, now at 40 years of age to, you know, carry a load, you know, two, three consecutive starts. So uh, I'm not sure what Anaheim's going to do, but yeah, they're going to have to figure something out sooner than later. All right, there we go. Great stuff, Alex. A great discussion on the Friday card. That'll wrap up the uh, Friday uh, NHL breakdown here on today's edition of the Ice Guys. Before we get to best bets to wrap up the show, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. You'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get bet boosts. You'll get incentives, weekly specials, all of that included with your DraftKings Sportsbook account. As long as you download the app, sign up for the account, use the promo code THPN, you're eligible for all of those weekly specials, the deposit bonus, the incentives. So make sure you check that out uh, and do, do, it, do that if you haven't already. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. Reminder on this Friday that our weekend editions of the Ice Guys are noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific, Saturday and Sunday earlier start time so that we can get in all the afternoon games uh, that take place on the weekend. And as I've, we, I say every day on this show, we work weekends. We don't close up shop and we're not a Monday to Friday operation here uh, at the Ice Guys. We're seven days a week uh, bringing you uh, NHL from a betting perspective, every single game on the board. Nobody does it like this and we're proud of it. Uh, we're proud of nights like last night, 16 and 4, 80%. Hell of a night collectively for Alex, for Jimmy, and myself. Uh, let's see if we can keep it rolling into tonight and keep it going with best bets as well. Uh, Alex, what do you like for a best bet on this Friday card? I'm going to go with Vegas and St. Louis over five and a half. Uh, get it at minus $1.20. Uh, like you said, you know, spotty goaltending uh, situation right now for, for Vegas. Uh, and like I said, you know, shaky goaltending with Bennington as well. You know, he hasn't been uh, playing well late, but both these teams can score. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a high scoring affair. So five and a half at only laying a dollar 20 is a fair price. Uh, go with the over here at that best bet. All right. Vegas, St. Louis over five and a half minus 120 uh, for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. See if I can give you another one after the Calgary Flames got it done last night. I'm going with an over two, but I'm going with the other over uh, that I like. Uh, San Jose, Anaheim, we're going to go over five and a half there at minus 120. Again, the Sharks offensively, I like them. The Sharks defensively, I don't like them. I, st I, he was, I still don't trust Devin Dubnik. He actually played pretty well in the win against St. Louis. But is this a guy that usually puts two good starts in a row together? Not very often. I think Anaheim finds the back of the net. And like we said with Anaheim, defensively and John Gibson, not wearing down a bit, giving up some goals. I think the Sharks are able to find the back of the net as well. So let's go with San Jose Anaheim over five and a half, minus 120. That's my best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this uh, last edition of the Ice Guys for the weekday uh, uh, portion of this week. We thank you, uh, everyone, for watching. And a reminder, if you can't watch the show live on YouTube daily, be sure to download the Ice Guys in audio podcast form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.